Okay, good morning, everybody. Hope everybody is well. Happy Monday. Bring over the desk. Happy Monday. Hope everybody's had a great weekend. For those who were here with me yesterday, thank you so much. What's better than the Sunday morning crew? For those who are here now, thank you for being here now. Great opportunity to grow because it's a new week. Thank God it's Monday. Even if you don't feel it, just say it. Because it feels better when you say it. Thank God it's Monday. You have a week. You have a week. Can you imagine what we can look like in a week? We can be totally different people. We can bring so much good into our lives. We can move multiple inches. Become things that we never thought possible. Yesterday, we started to bring into this new world of discipline. Yesterday, we began, for those who are joining us now for the first time, I'll do a quick little review. We, we spent a lot of time on the idea of strength, of, um, of enthusiasm. So if you have to like picture... A muscle, there's a muscle that is the proactive muscle that just jumps in, that's willing to jump in the fire. Don't think, just go. And that muscle needs to be developed and needs to be strengthened so that when you're in situations and your brain says, nah, don't, you shouldn't, you can't, the, you go to that muscle and, you, and, and off you go, right? If you can picture your mind as your body. So, and for those of you who remember this, I spoke about this once about Michael Jordan. Remember the last dance? The last dance is a documentary about Michael Jordan. ESPN released it like, I think it was like in May. So, you know, I like, you know, for some of you who know me, you know, that like when I, when I try to be, I try to be healthy. So I run on, I try to jog on the treadmill. When I do it, I usually it's sports that gets me rolling. So when you're like living in May, what do you got? Everything's shut down. Like, and golf just doesn't do it for me. It just doesn't. I'm sorry for the golfers. I just can't watch golf. And neither can I watch bowling. So ESPN drops a 10-part documentary series about Michael Jordan and the Bulls. And even if you're not from Chicago, if you grew up in the 90s, like, forget it. And one of the pieces that were in that was when, for those of you who are familiar with Michael Jordan, like he retires and then he comes back. So for those who are old enough to remember those moments, it's even more powerful when you see it. But what's so interesting about it was that when he comes back, he struggles. And one of the reasons why he struggles is because, and you don't get this when you watch it. You just think like, you know, he's off. But when you watch the documentary, they explain that when he, when he left, he didn't go home, he played baseball. Now, baseball players use different muscles. Baseball players are like, very much leg dominant because they're, they're, they're running and they're batting and that's all on your legs. Basketball players are very top dominant. So they, they had to put him through a whole regiment of how to train his body so that he can play at a professional level. So when he goes to baseball, it takes some time, not just because he's not talented, because his muscles are different. When he comes back to basketball, they have to create new, they have to rebuild muscles. That's our life. When we think about life, when we think about us, think of it from the perspective of muscles. The people that are able to do stuff that we can't do, they're not more talented than us. They're not better genetics than us. They don't have more internal power than us. Maybe they have a proclivity to things. Okay, that's how life works. But when I mean better, I don't mean like they can memorize more. I mean like better at their life. It's because for whatever reason, 
they have built certain muscles that we haven't yet, yet built. When I think about, you know, friends of mine and our different backgrounds and the muscles that we've built, I think about my own personal career and think about the muscles that I was able to build and the muscles that I wasn't able to build. So I grew up, my career began in the world of corporate law. So for whatever reason, thank God it should continue, like the ability to work for hours on end with just coffee. I built those. I don't know if I still have them, but I built them because when you work in corporate law, that's how you live. They just give you stuff to do. When you work 20 hours a day, six days a week, you don't complain. But the ability to be entrepreneurial and fail and try, you fail three, four times in a law firm, you're out. So if you think through like a career and you say, okay, the muscles you build in an area, in my personal career, gave me a leg up in one area, but maybe gave me uh, a detriment. And I was pushed back another area. And a friend of mine who never went to corporate law, but started a company when he came out of college, maybe the guy can barely write because he never had to. But when it comes to taking risks and understanding money and, and failure, he may be way ahead of me. And then as one's career shifts and grows, you build different muscles. So if we think of what we're doing here is that we have to build muscles. And these muscles that we build are gonna, may seem like they're irrelevant to our lives because what's the difference? If I got up 10 minutes earlier, does it really matter? If I made that call even though I didn't want to, does it really matter if I brought enthusiasm to playing a game or reading a book to a kid? Well, what we're not getting is that every time we break the muscle of I can't, and every time we increase the muscle of, um, every time that we, we increase the muscle of enthusiasm and zeal, even if the thing we're increasing it in is not ultimately relevant, we are building muscles in ourselves called zeal. So that when we continue our lives and there are different factors coming our way, we are acting with a stronger set of traits. So we have no idea what that'll bring us. I say this to kids all the time. There are kids out there that go through a lot of challenges, much more than, than most, and they survive. And I tell them all the time, it looks like you are behind all of your friends. You're 17 years old. You're living alone with a foster family. You're in a home that is abusive. And all you're doing is surviving right now. Like you, you, you have to understand that you are looking at it as a 17-year-old. That girl in your class who has got the most perfect life and is flying, you don't know later on. Uh, and, and you don't compare and point that that's not how that's not healthy. But from what from that girl who looks around and goes, everyone is 50 steps ahead of me. No, you're looking at it as a 17 year old. You're building muscles now of survival. You're building sensitivities now of what family is supposed to mean that you don't even appreciate what that'll do for you when you're 35 years old. So when we talk about what we're doing every day, when we talk about journaling, we talk about taking on small little things. It's not like nice if we do it, we're building the muscles of what, what's gonna make us a professional person. And by the way, if we only achieve our goals at 65, 70, 75, 80, who cares? Who cares when we've realized it or not? Michael Jordan is sitting under that bench 
trying to like lift that one weight in a, in a direction where his body moves to a little bit to the left because his trainer says this is good for shooting a shot. He doesn't know that in 15 years he's going to be playing in a championship game and he's going to have to move his body that way. He doesn't think that way. He just focuses on the workout. That's what we're doing here. We have to appreciate that and understand that. That's what we're doing here every day. So we just finished the muscle of enthusiasm and we're just, we're going to go back to it. And if you want to build an exercise program, we did the five things and we're going to send it out this week. But if you do it every day, fast acting, maximum strength, you do it every day, right in your journey, every day. Wake up one morning and you'll have a stronger muscle as you. And what will happen is I'm sure of it. Something will happen in your life where you will have used that muscle It'll feel more natural. And because of it, you'll have a much deeper relationship or you'll have a much better career or you'll be closer to God or you'll be closer to, the, you'll, you'll do something or you'll take responsibility for the community. You will be somebody. You'll go, I don't know, it just feels like me. And you won't even realize that that's not you. That's just you now. But all those muscles of getting up early and doing the right thing, it just all builds out the stronger bit of who you are. There's another muscle that we introduced yesterday. That's the muscle of enthusiasm. I'm sorry. That's the muscle of discipline. And remember, enthusiasm is the muscle of yes. Discipline is the muscle of no. We began, we began by talking about this incredible study done by a man named Walter Michel in the 1970s, where he took young children, put them in a room, and they had very similar, from what I say, very similar socioeconomic background. They were mostly children of professors in Stanford. So it wasn't like they came from different, you know, homes and different uh, income levels, different educational levels. And he gave them a marshmallow and said, if you eat it now, fine. And if not, if you could, if you could hold out, we're going to come back with two. Now think about that from a logical perspective. Now, You're a kid or you're a person. Someone gives you a benefit. You didn't have it before. Now you have a benefit. And they tell you, just wait a little bit, just, just a few minutes, and you double your benefit. If I gave you money, you didn't have the money before I gave you. I walked in and I handed you $100, just right now. I just sent you a, 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 a Zelle for 100 bucks and I said, just wait till the end of the show. I'll give you two. You'd be like, all right. And children just have to wait. And they watched them through this glass. And those who waited came back and got a marshmallow. Seems simple. Actually, they followed them for the rest of their lives and found that they had a greater propensity towards success in life. In understanding why this would be, Michelle begins this process, and since then has been replicated I don't know how many times, that one of the most important muscles is the muscle of no. At the other end. Remember, we spoke yesterday about this concept about knowing when to give and knowing when to take. Not really taking, but knowing when to say yes and knowing when to say no. The right and the left. We spoke about it in the context of children. A parent has to know how to use the muscles. And we have a muscle called discipline. And the idea basically is that the human being in life has a lot of things that it shouldn't do. Just like we have a lot of things that we should do that we don't, a lot of things that we shouldn't do that we do. And one of the hardest muscles that we have to live in is the muscle of 
self-regulation and self-control. If you think about what really enables us to achieve success, right? If you have this power source and this power source is there for you, so you have a certain amount of willpower every day. You have a certain amount of energy you put out every day. There's, a certain, there's only a certain amount that you can give. If there's no control, it goes everywhere. And so it'll go to the things that you shouldn't do and the things that you should do. But the things that you should do will just be at the same level. So if I have, like we spoke earlier about this idea about willpower. Remember the work that we did by Baumaster? Those who remember, I think it's like 50 episodes ago. Roy Baumaster, Florida State. Remember we did the thing with the, with the, um, the radishes and the cookies? Willpower. If I've got a certain amount of willpower and I use it for things, for, if I use it indiscriminately, then I won't have enough to focus on the things that I should focus on. So I won't be great because I won't have enough power to be great. I think about that concept that if I have willpower and I use it, if I use my energy indiscriminately, so it depends on where I'm feeling, it depends on what I'm doing, it depends on what's in front of me. What will end up happening is I won't be able to harness that power on the few things that I should do every day that will ultimately lead me to success in life. So if a six-year-old kid naturally understands that if I just wait, yes, I want the thing in front of me. Yes, I want to say yes, and I want to eat it. But if I just wait, I can control my own willpower. I can control the energy. I can control the yes that is coming out of the enthusiasm. Enthusiasm isn't an indiscriminate force. It's a force that I have to build up. But I have to be able, if I can control that force, right? Imagine I generate the energy and now I can control it. And look at that marshmallow. I know that I want it because I'm only seven. I'm only six. And control that force and then direct it where I wanted to direct it. Now I know. I can direct that force. Now, I have a, a, a skill that I'm going to use in my life. So that same kid isn't smarter than the kid next to him, but that kid's got Netflix to watch and ESPN to review and a conversation to have, but it has to use the same power to hold back that and put it onto their SAT study. And that kid uses that same power to go out there and, and, and talk to everyone else and look at everyone else. But I'm married. I'm putting all that power into my, into my spouse. And that same kid, as they grow up, looks at everything that he wants to do and has always got a new idea, but takes all that power and puts it into his career. It's that same trait that the kid showed at six, seven, eight years old that he ultimately then uses throughout his life. And that one trait gives him or her this unique ability to now focus that power on studying for my tests, of having the right friends, of staying away from things that are 
bad for me, of getting into the right schools, of having the right careers, of having long-lasting relationships. So why does this work for me? So let's delve into the science a little bit. So in our brains, there are two parts of our brains that are at, at conflict with each other. And we're gonna delve into our minds a little bit and then really begin to understand what takes place in our brains and why this ability to self-regulate, whether you have it naturally or not, you can grow it. Me and you can take whatever ability we have to say no to the food that we shouldn't eat, to the sleep that we shouldn't have, to the people we shouldn't be hanging out with, to the activities that we shouldn't be doing. We can, we can say no if we build, if we strengthen that muscle. So let's begin the science here and then we'll talk about it throughout the week. We'll talk about also the spirituality of it. In our minds, there are two parts of our brains. One is called the limbic system. It's in the back of our brains. It's where our amygdala is. Remember the amygdala hijack is the place in which, uh, is the part of our brain that senses the fear, the, the risks in life. It's what triggers fight or flight. It's why we go somewhere and feel something when we're in threats or in dangers or we're in perceived threats or dangers. That's why when you get up to speak in public, you're, you start sweating and, and you can't eat. It's all your body, your amygdala hijacks because it perceives risk. In this case, risk of social disapproval, God forbid. If you're out on the street and you're in a place you don't know, you feel lost. If you're in a place that you feel there's danger, what happens when there's danger? Whenever you're driving and it's dangerous, you get lost. You're driving, you got, you're doing like a million things. You're talking on the phone, you're doing the radio. And all of a sudden, like, you're, you don't know where you are. And you're like, I got to call you back. And then you like, what happens to your body? And then all of a sudden, like, you're like a different person until you can find your way. And then like, you see your hijack, your amygdala hijack, the back of your brain, the limbic system. And it's what they call the hot system. And you feel hot, not like physically hot, but like intense brings an intensity. It's actually very good for you. Your eyes dilate because your pupils have to be focused. Your stomach feels off because the juices are flowing to your extremities because you don't need to eat when you're in danger. You need to use your power to go and do things. Your, um, your, 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 every aspect of your body changes. So when you feel nervous before you get up and do anything, it's a good thing. Nerves are a sign that your body is putting you in a position to be successful, not failure. The problem is that our brains connect nervous and failure. So it creates a neuroplastic connection of, oh my God, I'm nervous, I'm going to fail. Versus what it really is, which is, oh my God, I'm nervous, now I have a higher chance of succeeding. Not a talk. So what happens is whenever we want something, when we desire something, when there's something in front of us that puts us in an emotional state, the limbic system starts to trigger and we act impulsively. The other part of our brain is called the prefrontal cortex. The prefrontal cortex is like where they have what's called the executive functions. That's the part of rational thought. That's the place in our brains where we act based on analysis. So for example, and then we'll continue this tomorrow. You're you wake up in the morning and you go, I got to lose weight. Okay. And your prefrontal cortex, because there's no food in front of you, says, yeah, I'm going to eat healthy today. And it's going to be great. I know I got to go to the office and there's a birthday party, but I'm not going to eat any of the cake or the donuts. So I'm going to bring some salad with me. And you're, you're like, this makes total sense. Like, 
right? Like, I got this. Of course, I'm not going to have donuts. Why would I have donuts for one of those weight? Right? What's happening is your prefrontal cortex is like firing. Great. Got it. Thinking now. Then you go to work. And those donuts come out. And as they're bringing donuts, like, your Olympic system's going, eat that, eat that, eat that, eat that. Sugar, 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 sugar. Impulse, impulse. What's the big deal? What's the big deal? What's the big deal? What's the big deal? And there's a battle that takes place between the hot and the cold. The cold function, the hot. The limbic and the prefrontal. And that's the battle of impulse. That's the battle where all the thinking is like, well, I'll do it tomorrow. And knowing how to play in that battle is the game that we're going to talk about. This is where discipline plays. Okay. We'll continue this. For those that are with me, with us today, Monday, we'll continue this. Thanks so much for being here. We'll talk more about these systems and how we can be much more thoughtful, disciplined, to be able to be stronger in all we do and say no to the things that we should say no to. All right. Thanks so much for tuning in. With God's help, I can't wait to see you again tomorrow. Have a great day.